an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. All right, before we get started on this episode, I wanted to share with you that I am now on Wisdom app. It is an app where we can connect and we can keep the conversation going about this week's episode. So pick up the Wisdom app. I can't wait to see you there. When we juice something, it's basically like an IV. It goes straight into the blood. And so I would juice just straight kale microgreens, radish microgreens, broccoli, and then I would just sit with it and feel it and feel its energy. And broccoli was like lightning to the blood. I was like, whoa, I get the chills thinking of it right now. I'm like, whoa, there's some extra power here. Okay, I'll go run lab tests on it now because lab tests are like thousands of dollars to see what's in these things. And there's so so many variables. There's like a hundred different versions of broccoli. So there's all these different seeds. There's different growing mediums. There's different lighting. There's different days of harvesting. There's different ways of shelf stabilizing. And I went from dehydration to freeze drying. Freeze drying is like an amazing technology. Think of like with backpacking food or MREs or all space food is basically freeze dried. And it just sucks the water out under high pressure while extending the shelf life from a week to over 20 years retaining up to 100% of the concentrated good things, whereas dehydration burns off over 50% of most things. Welcome to the Stark Transformation Show. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this show, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll hear incredible stories of transformation and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for well over a decade. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. All right, today on the podcast, I have Stephen Cowan and he is a Chicago native, gone corporate for 10 years. And then he decided to switch gears and he went to Peru and studied microgreens. I met him at a coffee shop in Longmont, Colorado, and I loved his energy. First of all, I tried the teas and then we got to talking because I was like, this guy's got something special. So I was like, tell me more about these microgreens. And of course he was like thrilled to. I already knew about microgreens being amazing, but I did not know the amount of nutrition that could be packed into them. And I love how sustainable they are. So I am excited to share these greens with you. His teas are amazing. I just had eggs with his broccoli boosters and they're all amazing. I love, I have three of them. Do you, how many do you even have? Is it three? Five. Five. Okay. I got to get the other one. (laughs) All right, Steven, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Great introduction. <laughs> I, I did my best. Okay. So you were in the corporate world and then you left. I remember when we were talking, you were like, I was going hotel to hotel, city to city. I felt so ungrounded. I was around Wi-Fi, you know, fluorescent lighting. And I was just like, oh, I, I know that grind. Like, mm. it, you know, it wasn't like what I was doing, but I know that like angst that you feel like there's something more out there for you. So mm-hmm. ha- what? That's got to be so scary to give something up like that, you know, where it's security, even though it is, you know, moving around a lot, you know, you have a regular paying, high paying job probably um, to then follow a passion. So tell me about that. Yeah. So I was in corporate America selling software for about 10 years and that was really uh, great. It was a great job, got everything that I wanted. And 
it was like a pendulum, I got pulled really out of balance. I swung way too far into this unnatural world of just staring at a computer all day, being in a building with hundreds of computers, um, airport to airport, hotel to hotel, and I really wasn't taking care of myself. And my mm. anxiety was starting to increase and it was dipping me in and out of depression, really. Mm. And uh, tapping into my intuition, I was like, I got to go back to, to nature, go back to what I enjoy growing up kind of in the um, the suburbs of Chicago where it was very wooded. I spent a lot of time in the forest, love nature. And I just booked a one-way trip down to Iquitos, Peru, which is the largest city in the world, not accessible by road in the heart of the Amazon jungle, surrounded by 150,000 different plants and animals. And through a, um, a personal connection was able to study under some of the indigenous people and connect with the, uh, the, the power of plants for their healing and vitality and that sparked a, a deep uh, passion and desire to help others connect with the, the power of plants. That's so amazing. So let me ask you something. <laughs> Going from the comforts of hotel rooms and like plush beds and, you know, Wi-Fi and everything like that, where did you stay when you got there? You know, were you in a hut or something? I mean, full, full hut mode. Full hut. There's, at, like at night, toilet, the jungle maybe? is just screaming. It's so loud. Oh, it's so loud, so, I bet. Yeah. It's just screaming. Yeah. So it's a wild deal. And there's like bugs in there and there's Ew. like everything is there. And you're like, whoa, is there a jaguar right outside? And yeah, it's a wild deal. I've gone back many times. I've been to Peru probably five or six times in the past three, four years and none since COVID. I love Peru. I feel very connected to the jungle, feel very connected to the plants and help me to realize how disconnected we are as Westerners from right. the, uh, the natural world. Like growing up in Chicago with one or two dozen plants, I'm like, I don't know what any of those plants are, let alone what they do. And if I'm like any average Westerner, then that's, that's how probably most of us are. So mm. I, I came back to Colorado and I started experimenting with hydroponic farming basically turned my apartment into a farm and started growing all types of different leafy greens. And that's when I landed on microgreens. So I, I didn't know about microgreens in Peru. I just knew that plants are maybe our greatest allies and teachers. I had a, like, a completely transformative experience with some plants down in the jungles. Right. I was going to ask you, was it ayahuasca or something like that? It was, it was. And I grew up in a very conservative Christian loving family where I'm 36 today and I didn't smoke cannabis. Wait, today is your birthday? Or, I mean, no, oh, okay. January 4th is my birthday, but like <laughs> I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the, <laughs> we, I was going to sing to you. I'm currently whatever. 36 <laughs> and thank you. April fools. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not, I, I grew up where it's like alcohol is no big deal, no big deal, free pass. And then I moved to California to work at a, a startup. And out there, I got a medical card. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this all in a good way where I can go into a dispensary. And I smoked cannabis for the first time when I was maybe 28. And I was like, what the heck is this? This is not what all of the, um, uh, what, what I thought it was going to be. Their programs this, are telling us. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I was like, this is pretty good. I was like, I'm, alcohol is, is nowhere near as cool for me in this phase. Like it was real medicine for me. Right, right, right. And that's all I had. So then I went from alcohol where I was really like a binge drinker in college and then through in software sales, it's like, I mean, you're just entertaining people and you're basically just getting clients drunk and you're like, sign this. And they're like, okay, we're wow. buddies now. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. It's just right. like heavy yeah, drinking with yeah. in the sales culture and then in the entertaining people. 
And then I went from that to ayahuasca, which is possibly the most intense psychedelic experience. It's DMT. As DMT, DMT I, or at, or that's is, what's in ayahuasca, okay, the active yeah. compound in ayahuasca is DMT. Okay. They, they combine the, the, the vine of the ayahuasca uh, plant with the leaf of the chacruna plant. And then when those two combine, it allows you to absorb the DMT and you have this experience that to me, and I can get into a little bit of that. Sure. Yeah. Hey, go for it. People yeah. would find it interesting. Yeah. yeah I no, went so down DMT there. DMT is also known as the spirit molecule or something, right? Yes. It's like we produce it. It's in the, the grass outside. It's in the trees. It's in everything. It's, it's, the, it's the molecule that they believe connects us all. And it's a very connecting experience when you feel that. You're like, oh, I am you and you are me. And, and I'm connected into everything. You feel it. You believe it. You understand it in that space. And there's, there's probably many things that bring you there, but the medicine is like, okay, we'll do the work and help you see it. And now mm-hmm. you go, you integrate that, you process, process right. that and, and do, do the healing outside of this as well. So when I, I went there, my family was, was not about it. They were like, had cherry picked all the terrible articles about what was going on with ayahuasca. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm going, I feel called to do it. I'm doing mm-hmm. it. It was with a, like a renowned guide that I did it with as well. And so I'm like, okay, this all seems good. A friend had done it down there with these people. The first day I'm in a foreign place with foreign people doing foreign things. I was like, this is super edgy, but I'd also traveled the world solo backpack the world for like a year and a half before oh, this wow. as well. Like try, trying to figure out like, what's my thing. I know I want to help people, but what's my thing. So they gave me like, maybe like a quarter dose. They call it like a handshake. The best rule or a really strong rule with psychedelics is low and slow. There's no rush to go anywhere. Too much of anything is a bad time. So just like when you first enter into a relationship, you're just starting dating. You're like, okay, let's just start with a handshake before we jump into bed. And so handshake. And then that gave me complete clarity. I'm like, oh, this is medicine. And these people that are guiding me, like these shamans are healers. And I'm like, oh, okay. Complete like relaxation around it. Even while the guy next to me was like freaking out and having this, like thinking that he's like a, a baby and holding on to the shaman, like on his side, like he's like, he's like a, like a toddler and like kicking his, in like a full freak out. I was like completely calm in it. Cause I knew that it was medicine. I was like, okay. And so when you go down, you usually do three journeys, Monday journey, Tuesday, some ecotourism, Wednesday journey, Friday journey. So that was on Monday. And then on Wednesday, got a full dose. And that was really, really strong. So much so that I was like, is this my life forever? This is way too much. I hate this. How could anybody enjoy this? Is this too much? And one of the shamans came over and started like working my chakras and like, okay, your, your heart is not flowing to your head. It's like all stuck in your heart and just started working my chakras and, you know, whatever type of magic that, that they have. And it worked. I was like, oh, okay. I was in like, I was in sprinter position on my knees. It's like, well, this is so much. But in that space, it was like, right now, you and I are on, on one station. And in that moment, it was like, every station was coming into me, like a million stations, like way too much overload. What I was able to see is like almost seeing into the matrix, like I could see my energy connecting into the trees outside, I could see my energy flowing into the people around me. And even though it was pitch black in the room, it, it was like matrix code. It was mm-hmm. like, you could see everybody it was matrix. I was like, oh, whoa, this is all, this is the matrix. This is Welcome to wild. my life, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Oh. I, I had to go to massage school in Florida. And when I would put my hands on people, I would always say it was like hearing 12 dis- different stations at one time. And it was like too much. And wow. so I, that's what I was, I would, I would say to the <laughs> lady in charge, I was like, please don't make me put my hands on people. Like, cause I was just there to, to, to be able to do energy work. She's like, you have to do massage, you know, in order to get a massage license. I'm like, Oh God. And actually in the background of my podcast cover, there is matrix code coming down because I see the digital codes sometimes coming into people. And also I like can't kill plants outside because I feel the pain that they're in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Now what's that superpower? That's really unique. Yeah. Well, I've been meditating for 16 years. So I like opened up, probably I can access that chemical, the DMT, you know, almost at will I would expect, but so anyway, go ahead. That That's it's awesome to hear somebody else experience it with the way that I experience life. So, and it was intense for me mm. and, and, until I was able to ground it. And then all of a sudden it was like a curtain drop and I'm in space and I see all of the relationships in my life, like constellations of stars and some shining really bright and like, oh, I can see why I'm attracted to that person. Maybe say like a leader that I don't actually know, but I listen to their podcasts. Like at the time, it was a lot of Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss and uh, Aubrey Marcus. And, and, then, and then like a, a deck of cards, I went through every relationship, past and present. And I could see the map of why they thought the things that they thought, what type of influences, a lot like religious influences, made them think these things and put these different constraints, pressures on me or on themselves. I was like, okay. And so there was a lot of forgiveness and a lot of clarity showed up. There's also a, a strong physical purge that happens. Oh, right. So there's like an emotional, physical, spiritual purge. And I was purging in all these ways. And we think when we purge or throw up that it's, it's bad. Like, cause that's what we're used to. I'm, I've got the flu and I've got, and I'm going to throw up and it's, it's bad. It's like when it's happening here though, it's actually the medicine is squeezing your organs of all these bad things that are no longer serving. And when I threw up, it looked like black tar. It was like, whoa, it was like poison oh. that was pulling out of me. So that felt really good. And then I was able to connect with the the personification of the medicine. To me, ayahuasca personifies uh, as a grandma, like very loving and stern that will grab you by the ear and make you look at the areas of life that you are resisting that you're like, ah, that's, that's the shadow. I don't want to, I don't want to do deal with the shadow. I just want to be over here in the light. It's like, no, the work is really in the shadow and it won't Mm. let you, she won't let you move on. And she's very loving and kind and sweet. And she personifies herself to different people differently to some of my friends. She's like this like super sultry, sexy woman, but she, it's typically more, more feminine, but that's how she shows up for me. I'm very much learning her. I've, I've had experience, but I've also learned that she can show you what she, you want to see too. And that can be a little bit dangerous. Like, oh, I want to be in relationship with this person. And so I, I actually went into a romantic relationship thinking like, oh, this all-knowing oracle god ayahuasca is telling me I should be with this person when really that's, it was just showing you what's like the best case scenario of really any path. So infinite learnings there. Wow. That's amazing. I love that. You just told us all about that. You're the first person to talk about doing ayahuasca on the. Well, that wouldn't make my mom proud. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm proud of you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) And I have to say, you know, so every time I do a podcast, I tune in and to see what energy we're bringing forward and a healing that we're bringing. So every time I do a podcast, I tune in and to see what energy we're bringing forward and healing that we're bringing. And mother earth did come through and it was Mm. a very much fourth chakra loving presence and she was very proud of you. So that's why you're on the podcast. That's just all very cool stuff. So that all got you like into this 
new mode of life, right? Like it was a totally switching gears kind of thing. So once you kind of like, once you experience something like that, you have this deep inner knowingness that you can't really go back. There's no going back. I was like, okay, I was able to release that world of being like a cog in the machine of the of, of corporate America. I was like, that was cool. I learned a lot. It was able to resource me in ways to where I can now bridge multiple worlds. I can bridge the world of working with executive types to now working with people that are more in the, in the medicine community. So I'm like, okay, I can bridge that world. And I have a unique ability to get people really excited about something that they've never heard of before. Like I'm, I'm really good at educating and, and I'm passionate and I'm good at sales and I'm, I'm trained in different techniques in these ways. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use all of that to help connect people with plants. I'm just fully entrusted plants. I've never started a business before. I like a lawn care business through high school and college, but nothing in, in this type of a way. And I'm just in full trust of the plants and the plants are really guiding me. And they guided me to Dillon, Colorado, which is out by Keystone and Breckenridge, a lot of the ski resorts here in Colorado. And I started a microgreens farm. I was the first hydroponic. How do you do that? Uh, like, cause I mean, you need some space, not, not a lot of space. Did you start real small, like in a Mason jar or what? What did it look Yeah. Like? You're thinking sprouts. So sprouts are grown in Mason jars and that's phase one of a plant's life. Those are like two to four days old. Microgreens are phase two. They're 10 to 14 days old. They're, they're grown in a growing medium under light. From our own internal lab tests, a microgreen is about 10 times as potent as a sprout. They go through photosynthesis, there's photonutrients, and, and there's a lot less bacterial risks like E. coli, salmonella, that right. sometimes we see those issues around sprouts in the news. You don't really have that type of issue around microgreens. And the beauty of microgreens is you can grow them vertically. So think of them like shelves, like wire racks, every foot, you can have another whole big tray of, of microgreens. So I had a two car garage and I just, I grew them vertically under led lights on timers. I loved it. I loved that phase of life because I was around like hundreds of thousands of plants and those are good vibes. Right. I know. I, I do. I do know. I mean, I used to run or sometimes I walk in nature and I'll just turn my palms to the trees and the leaves and just pick up the energy. And it's so friendly. Mm. And I can say that on my podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, um, totally. So how did you settle on broccoli? I mean, I know broccoli is amazing. Did you have all those plants because you're trying to figure out which one was the best one? Yeah, totally. At first, it was an intuitive thing. What I would do is I'd grow, I grew probably 40 different types of microgreens and I was selling them to the resorts and restaurants. They were helping me R&D this and figure out like help to pay for this. And I would juice them because when we juice something, it's basically like an IV. It goes straight into the blood. And so I would juice just straight kale microgreens, radish microgreens, broccoli. And then I would just sit with it and feel it and feel its energy. And broccoli was like lightning. To the blood. I was like, whoa, I get the chills thinking of it right now. I'm like, whoa, there's some extra power here. Okay. I'll go run lab tests on it now because lab tests are like thousands of dollars to right. see what's in these things. And it's there's so, so many awesome. variables. There's like a hundred different versions of broccoli. So there's all these different seeds, there's different growing mediums, there's different lighting, there's different days of harvesting, there's different ways of shelf stabilizing. And I went from dehydration to freeze drying. Freeze drying is like an amazing technology. We think of like with backpacking food or MREs or all space food is basically freeze dried. And it just sucks the water out under high pressure while extending the shelf life from a week to over 20 years, retaining up to 100% of the concentrated good things, whereas dehydration burns off over 50% of most things. So I was playing with all these different variables. I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he had Dr. Rhonda Patrick on, and she's like, gung-ho on broccoli sprouts for sulforaphane. 
I was like, well, that's, that's the one. She's like, sulforaphane is the most potent antioxidant we're aware of. It activates the NRF2 pathway, basically this pathway that's responsible for more positive actions in the body than anything else. We have an antioxidant factory within us, and this is the most potent fuel for that antioxidant factory. Antioxidants are important because they counteract free radicals, and we're being bombarded by free radicals all the time from pollution, stress, technology, some of the foods that, that we're eating. And when one free radical binds with one antioxidant, they both just dissipate and, and free radicals are why we get sick and where bad things come from. So I was like, whoa, this sulforaphane is amazing. It's most concentrated in broccoli microgreens and originally thought in sprouts, but it's actually about 10 times as potent in the broccoli microgreens. So how do we shelf stabilize through freeze drying it? Okay. And then, and then how do we get people to consume it? So I started putting it into different products and testing it at the farmer's markets and tea is the most popular drink in the country and the world. So people were starting to consume like, okay, yeah, well, how can I sneak these microgreens into people's lives? Basically, mm -hmm. people, like no one's really that excited about eating broccoli. So it's like, how do I sneak it into products that people are already consuming? And so we lab test the water hot, we lab test it cold and it's, and it's in there. And now we're starting to branch off into other products as well. And that's, that's the vision is how do we take the intelligence of what we've created and these microgreens and sneak them in, into things, into yeah, a line well, of different types of products. So the broccoli booster, I just put it on my eggs and like we eat it right out of the can. That's okay. Perfect. Right? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the best way. Use it as like a topper or a seed, like a garnish. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mix it into your lasagna and then bake the lasagna at 400 degrees for 30 minutes. Cause you probably burn off all the good things. So right. once you take out the lasagna and you plate it, sprinkle it on with everything. Right. It's just a uh, low, low heat is, is good. Yeah. The uh, relaxed tea is super relaxing. And the recovery tea, like I said, is so delicious because it's got the turmeric in it. It's got the lemon flavor. Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, turmeric, lemon, ginger, Tulsi, black peppercorn, really powerful for pain, inflammation, joints, yeah. arthritis, digestion, all organic. Some strong all shit. Broccoli yeah. Oh yeah. All organic. <laughs> <laughs> it's some strong shit. It is. Yeah. I'm telling you, yeah. like, I, I know when I come across something that's really good and mm. powerful. Well, first of all, I mean, I got the hint from Spirit to interview you. So I already knew mm. that they were good and powerful. But then I, Go team. Course, yeah, right. And then, uh, and I can't wait to introduce you to a lot of other people who are going to love you. I like to go big or go home. So I had like, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to, oh, excuse <laughs> Actually, this is my own podcast. I can do that. I filled the whole ball up and put it in the tea. And I was like, great. And then I kept using, and that's what I like about your tea. You can use it multiple times. And I was even putting a little lemon, extra lemon in there because I really like lemon. But I was like, wow, this is really powerful. Before this, you were saying how you're you have some knowledge on CBD. It's re, it pairs really well with CBD too. There's right. synergistic benefits there. Turmeric and chamomile have proven synergistic benefits with CBD. It's awesome. I mean, it's plants, right? This is why I sometimes find myself eating like a whole tub of spinach or like I ate broccoli for three meals last week. When you're eating broccoli, like adult broccoli, pair that with some mustard because what the precursor for sulforaphane are these two compounds called myrosinase and glucoraphanin. It gets all sciencey and I'm new to the, this whole science world. The myrosinase is found in mustard. So when you put mustard with your broccoli, then you have those two compounds and then the sulforaphane is more likely to show up. Whereas the sulforaphane, those precursors have really all burned off by the time the, the plant's at its adult phase. Okay. So you can still kind of create that sulforaphane, even if you don't have it in the microgreens phase. So this might be like a little bit out of your league, but I wanted to ask you about DIM. I know the DIM supplement is great for mm. removing estrogen from the body and it's created mm -hmm. from broccoli. It does mm -hmm. this do a similar thing? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, we lab test it for DIM and it's in there. And the way that I know DIM is there's two estrogens. There's like a good estrogen and there's a bad estrogen. Right, and I have so a bad it, one. Right, and so it helps to get rid of the bad one. So yes. that's good. Uh, right. And then probably the number one use that I'm seeing customers buy it for is we have bodybuilders that, I, I don't know, I guess they get like man boobs or something and DIM really helps with man boobs. Oh, interesting. To eliminate those. I think it's just like a buildup of estrogen because yeah. of things oh, that they're, the I'm, not, I'm not sure. And everything that's, yeah, it, it, there's uh. a lot of estrogens that we're being exposed to like in our products. I actually have a pathway that just naturally makes more of that. So I have to be careful. Yes, I mean, this helps regulate that. And I'd say more people know about DIM than they know about sulforaphane. Oh yeah, I, I honestly, I hadn't heard of it. And that's pretty unusual. I really want you to go over some of these amazing stats. I only know them because they were on your Instagram. I love that it's so sustainable. You were mm. saying that there's it's 93% less time to grow, 200% less water, 80% less space. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it, it that those are really incredible numbers. It so, is incredible. We were just recognized by the National Institute for Social Impact for a startup in Colorado. We just won, won an award in that way because of how sustainable it is. So we grow our, our microgreens in Colorado year round, and we have almost 100% yield where most crops are grown seasonally and maybe have a 60% yield. We use zero herbicides, pesticides, or fertilizers. Nothing touches our microgreens except for clean air, light, and water. And yeah, we, we grow it in a lot less space, time with less energy than traditional farm vegetables. Something that most people don't know is most of the vegetables that we're consuming today contain only about 10 to 25% of the nutrients they had just 80 years ago. Right. And this is mainly due to soil depletion. Right. So we have to eat five apples today to get the nutritional benefits of an apple 80 years ago. So this is the phase in the plant's life where it's the most concentrated in those micronutrients. Like we have more than enough of the macros, which is fats, carbs, proteins, nowhere near enough of the micros, which are like vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants, mm -hmm. uh, unique medicinal compounds. We're, we're just not getting those. And those are really the, what those are to the plant. Or the, they're like the gears to the plant. They're the building blocks to the plant. They help it to grow. That's what they do for the plant. And that's what they do for us as well. So it's, uh, it's important to have those. And I, I found in my journey of corporate America and not eating really healthy, that that created a like a, a chemical a biological imbalance in me. And when I started to fuel myself with good things with like medicine food, then my thoughts started to, to come back into a good place too. So that's part of my thinking is how can we help people get back into just a, a good way with their thinking, pull them out of anxiety right. and be like a cornerstone for making a real change in their life. Right. And I like how you say sneak it into like these things, because sometimes you, you don't crave it and you still need it. I definitely noticed with my own journey where I was on the standard American diet mostly and my thoughts weren't great. And then I started to do energy work and then I started to gravitate toward greens and it became natural for me. It was like, I didn't want to have that crappy food anymore. So until you get over that hump, you kind of have to have like so, some kind of intervention in there. So sneaking it into like smoothies or whatever you, you have to do or putting on the eggs. I mean, honestly, it gave it like a very interesting flavor. I, mm. I enjoyed it. Is it woodsy kind of like, or is that a good way or nutty? It's a, it's a, it's a little, it's a little light and sweet. 
our straight freeze-dried broccoli microgreens, the broccoli booster you're referring to, that's our best-selling product. That's my favorite product because you're getting all the benefit opposed to steeping something. Not everything's water-soluble. You're not getting all the vitamins and, and minerals. It's light. It's sweet. You Could you tell that it's broccoli? Maybe over oh, time no, you could? Oh, no, 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 no. It, it definitely had some other flavor. I am horrible at being able to decipher flavors. Like I could tell it was different and I liked it, but like <laughs> I, I will never be a food taster. <laughs> Hmm. I just grew up like, it was like, there's the food, eat it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. And I do look at food a lot as just nutrition at this point. If it's not highly nutritious, then it's not worth it. So where are you going like with all of this? Because I have to say, when I was looking at your energy, I could definitely see, do you know the CEO of Hue that's human, you know? No. So they made a cafe in New York city that was like really, really amazing. And they had a lot of juicing and all take home meals, all paleo, all good stuff, highly successful. And then I think they opened up another one in New York city. And now they have this huge brand that's like in your grocery store. So like, that's what I see for you and for your brand. And so why don't you tell us what you see for your brand? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I mean, I'm still figuring it out as I go. I'm new to all of this and I'm really in trust of the plants and following the plants. And I've got amazing mentorship and team around me that's that's helping me. I'm I'm very much a, a visionary and I'm like, oh, here's 30 ideas I could run with and keeping it focused on just the one or two. But I, I do see us expanding the types of microgreens we use. I'm, I'm in lab tests for many other types of microgreens beyond just broccoli. Like what are people needing. We partner with a lot of doctor's offices and people are in, in a great need of magnesium. And mm -hmm. so what microgreens have a lot of magnesium in it, like kale. Okay. Well, can we grow that in a good way and where it's as peak magnesium as possible and things like that. So I, I see expanding the types of microgreens we use, finding synergistic benefits as well. Like in our, in our recovery tea that you're talking about, the turmeric, lemon, ginger, Tulsi and black peppercorn, when you pair the black peppercorn and the turmeric together, yeah. it's like the bioavailability is something like a thousand fold. So there's yeah. like amazing synergies out there. There's like infinite synergies to play with and find. We are the first shelf stable microgreens product out there. So there's just infinite possibility on what we could put these microgreens into anything from cosmetics to baby food, smoothie powders, anything. We could put these microgreens into basically anything. Oh, I can't even imagine a wide if a little kid was getting these. That would be so great. Yeah, we're playing with that right now. I'll, I'll, I'll send you some of the things that we have in R&D, but we're playing. My North Star is really how can I increase nutrition while decreasing food waste? There's a huge secondary market, like imperfect produce. There's a company called that, uh, like right. Ugly Foods. Yeah. So it's like there's all the, uh, this organic product out there that's being wasted or spoiling at the farm. Like here, both of us are in the Boulder area. There's a huge abundance of apples. And this last season, there was just apples laying all over the ground. I, it was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> So like, we've been capturing, to give you a little sneak peek, we've been capturing those apples and then mixing them with microgreens and other things, freeze drying them and playing with what that would look like as a baby food. And, yeah, and one of those um, little squeezy packets. I would give that Well, it would be son. completely dry. It'd be completely dry. Oh, wow. Uh, completely freeze dried. So that allows the, the shelf life to be over 20 years. Right. And it could be a prepper meal. It could be for, you could take a backpacking, you could, whatever you want, emergency meal or... It could be for uh, a baby. I don't. I don't have a child, but the feedback I'm getting is you open up one of these baby jars, and then you then you got a the shelf life then is is quite short. Well, with this, right. it's a freeze dried say cracker, and you could just take off a, a chunk of it and 
put a couple drops of water on it, fully reconstitutes, then the rest cool. that's still dried still has a really long shelf life to it. So easy to travel with. And I, I just think that there's so much junk for everybody, but babies too. Yeah. And, and just even making them easier for parents to give to their kids, like the squeezies, I'll just tell you, like those, we call them the squeezy guys <laughs> because like they're the packets that have like applesauce or yogurt or whatever. Those are always so easy just for parents to throw in their backpack and take it on an airplane or whatever. But I like this idea of the shelf stable aspect. And it's certainly better for us and also more concentrated, taking up less space and less packaging. And it's a great story too, of taking this food waste and turning it into a, a product with a really long shelf life, like taking right. all these apples that are just going to waste and turning it into something that is of great benefit. They say over 40% of our produce in the U.S. goes to waste. And a lot of that is happening at the farm. And then it's along the supply chain and then it's at the, at at the grocery store and then it's at the home. And, and a big chunk of it is like fresh at the farm. So now we're working with local farms, partnering with them to get their surplus and in the R&D of how do we make this into products where we spike it with the power of our microgreens and we, and we save all this food waste while helping these farmers too, where it's like, okay, this was just going to be money lost in the field. And now we're, we're able to pay you for this produce. So are you partnered with Cure Farm in Boulder? I would love to be. No, I haven't met oh, them yet. Well, well, that will hook you up. <laughs> Let's go. They're a great, they're a great a little farm. We've been using them for several years and they're organic. Ah, like with a CSA? Yeah. Well, first we had a share and mm. then we realized that was just too much for our family. And so we split the share and then we still were like, that's a lot of food. So then now mm -hmm. we just have a card that we go there and we just purchase what we need. Mm. But they also have meats there too, which is great. And honestly, I'm going to send Aiden there. That's my son. He's almost eight. I think you have to be like 10 or 11 just so you can learn what it's like to work on a farm. Wow, that's great. And yeah. anybody listening that isn't a part of a local CSA, that's the way to go. The CSA I'm a part of is Macaulay Farms. They, they're a regenerative farm here in Boulder and for their chicken, pork, and lamb. It's just unbelievable. It's 10 times better than any meat I've ever bought anywhere. I agree. When you get that farm-raised, grass-finished steak, it's so good. <laughs> and to get to know your farmer is a big deal too. Oh yeah. Because when things got a little shaky, like early pandemic days and people are freaking out at the grocery store, it's like, oh, to know that you have food supply through your farmer and you know the farmer and you can get food opposed to you go to whatever grocery store and the shelves are empty. It was kind of a scary vibe there for a minute. Yeah. Well, I bet you were like, well, I got my microgreens stocked. <laughs> I got plenty of microgreens. And that's the beauty of people learning how to grow microgreens themselves is you can grow your own food year round in a, your kitchen windowsill in like a week. Okay. So I have to tell you, I have been dreaming of into my basement. They're like those deep windows and mm -hmm. lots of light comes in. And I'm like, I should be using this to grow something and, good idea. and then just cover the top so that like crap can't get down in there. So, all right. So I, maybe I'll do the microgreens because they take up less space and I can grow them vertically. I would love to show you. Come oh my to gosh. where we grow the microgreens. Uh, I'm at Arapaho and Broadway in Boulder. I'll oh, show you. Perfect. I'll give you a starter tray. We'll get it going. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, awesome. we'll get some in your life. I love it. All right, so the future of what you're doing is just expanding your brand, exp expanding all of the different plants that you're offering. So is there anything else that you're thinking? Well, it, I, I'm being torn right now as a, as a business. Am I a ingredient to be added into other people's products? Like I, I could try to partner with a, 
uh, Patagonia Provisions, like some really amazing ethical giant company that is like, we want to buy a million dollars of microgreens or am I my own brand and continue to that way? I don't think I can do both. So I'm, I'm at this bit of a crossroads. There is a, a wave of microgreens coming and what's the best way to be on that? How do I ride that wave? So I'm, I'm getting some, some great mentorship from some amazing industry CEOs to help me position and I'm still figuring it out. So right now we're, we're a brand that we sell a line of organic teas, functional teas. We sell our broccoli topper and in the not too far future, we'll, we'll have our line of foods coming out. Awesome. I can see that there's got to be this choice here. You could go either way. Like Hugh did, they kept their cafes and they have the brand where they have chocolates and things like that. I would love to do a cafe. I mean, I love making quinoa bowls and just spiking everything with microgreens, microgreens in everything. And it's very rare for us to eat something that's still alive. We freeze dry the microgreens within hours of it being harvested. So at like peak nutritional and, and peak life, most plants lose about 20% of their value every single day, the nutritional value every day after harvest. So we're capturing it at peak. And then we partner with a lot of chefs in the Boulder area too, that we supply fresh microgreens too. And there's, there's very few things that, that we eat that are like still alive. Like the microgreen is still alive and cells are moving for at least 20 minutes after it's harvested. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Get it been... in your life. Yeah, Let's no, go. I know. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> You're my new best friend. I love this. Let's go <laughs> yeah. right now. It's been so awesome talking to you. Do you want to tell everybody where we can find out more about you? Yeah, you can check us out at beyondmicrogreens.com. Follow us on Instagram at beyondmicrogreens. And yeah, the best place to, to learn more about us is at the website. We have an extensive blog section, lots of education. Just familiarize yourself with it. It gets a little sciencey, but we break it down in an easy way. Awesome. I love it. I love the work that you're doing and so does Mother Earth. So thank you very much. If I were to leave with one word, what's there for me right now is through the power and magic of photosynthesis, plants eat light. And when you eat plants, you are eating light and look for more ways to fill yourself with light. Why I like plants. <laughs> <laughs> Team plants. True. Yeah, let's just go there for one second. I mean, there's only between a human cell and a plant cell, the only difference in the center is, is uh, iron versus what? What's in the center again? On the other I side. don't know. <laughs> well, you need to look this up. There I are, do. I thought you were going to fully so educate similar. me. This turned into a task. <laughs> Man, I just forgot. But like, there's something that's in the middle. Is but it the everything mitochondria? else is the same. Yeah, everything else. Well, there's mitochondria, I believe, in both. And oh, the cell is. wall okay. is different on the outside. So ours is are more round. Theirs is obviously structure. That's how they stand up. But it's like their bones. But there's inside cells is iron in the center, humans and plants. We'll have to look it up. But that's the only difference. And that's why we're, it's so interchangeable and so easy for us to absorb and, and get better when we have them. Because it's like all the parts that oh. we need. It's just some food for thought, literally. <laughs> all right, okay. it's been awesome talking to you. Have a great day. All content provided by Amy Stark and or her guests on the Stark Transformation Show, website or other platforms, including text, images, audio or other formats, are created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist.